Hello again, this is Edwin Crozier of the Franklin Church of Christ. I'm so excited that you've joined us today as we open God's Word and learn from it how to glorify and honor Him. One of the things that amazes me is the fact that so many people today have the idea that children cannot really honor and glorify God. We wait for them to grow up before we start pushing them to serve the Lord. I want us to look today at a very interesting story about a man named Samuel. Actually, a child named Samuel. Because when we open up to the book of 1 Samuel, we find out that Samuel ministered even as a child. Open your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel in the first couple of chapters, and let's learn about serving God even as children. Just over 3,000 years ago, a man named Elkanah lived in Judea, and he had two wives. One was named Peninnah, the other was named Hannah. Peninnah had had children, but Hannah had been barren. And throughout that time, the wife with children had mocked and made fun of Hannah, and Hannah had been distressed and discouraged. And every year, they would travel as the males were commanded to, to the place where God had placed His name, where His tabernacle was. At that time, it was in the city of Shiloh, before the tabernacle had been moved to Jerusalem. And while they were there, Hannah would pray that God would give a child. And one year, in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11, as she prayed there before the Lord, she made a vow. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11, she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come to his head. She made a vow that if God would give her a son, she would give the son to God. And God responded and granted her request, and Samuel was born. Samuel, a great child of God, who would grow to be a Levite and a prophet and a judge in Israel. And yet, perhaps one of the greatest statements ever made about Samuel is found in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 18. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 18, the Bible says, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy, wearing a linen ephod. Some translations say, as a child. One of the most amazing things about Samuel is not what he became, but what he was even as a little child. This upcoming week, we're going to be having our vacation Bible school. Our theme is We Believe, talking about why we believe in the creation and in God and in the resurrection and in God's work. But of course, as is the effort of vacation Bible school, our main focus while we're having an adult class is typically on kids and getting them grounded in the Word and understanding the Word of God. And yet at times we might say, but why? It's not like children can do much or serve the Lord, can they? And yet I want you to notice Samuel. Even as a child, he ministered before the Lord. And this morning, as we begin this week in which we're focusing on kids, for the most part, I want us to learn four key factors from the life of Samuel. And I want us to learn that it doesn't matter how old or how young we are, there is service that we can do. And parents, 
Listen very carefully. As we learn what our kids can do, and as we learn to challenge and push our children to do more and be more in the service of God, instead of encouraging them to grow up and then someday serve the Lord. The very first thing that I want you to notice is we consider Samuel. The first factor that made Samuel such a successful servant was that Hannah started Samuel early. When you look in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11, as Hannah made this promise to God, there's nothing in that promise about when she would take Samuel to be with the priests. In fact, if you look there in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11, there was nothing at all about taking him to live with the priests. All she said was that she was going to dedicate Samuel to the Lord. And then she made reference to the Nazarite vows and the laws that correspond with that. We can look in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 1. In Numbers chapter 6 and verse 1 it says, again the Lord spoke to Moses saying, number 6-1, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord. And then in verse 5, All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall pass over his head. He shall be holy until the days are fulfilled for which he separate himself to the Lord. He shall let the locks of hair on his head grow long. When Hannah made this promise to God, she didn't talk about sending him to the priest. She talked about making him a Nazarite. And yet, according to 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning at about verse 24, excuse me, chapter 1, beginning at verse 24, 1 Samuel 1, 24, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with a three-year-old bull and one ephah of flour and a jug of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, although the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the boy to Eli. She said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition which I asked him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. And then when they left, they left Samuel behind to be with the priests and to minister before the Lord. Now the text does not say exactly how old Samuel was, but notice it was when he was weaned. If my understanding is correct, during this time period, that could have been somewhere around age three, possibly even up to age four, and yet still quite young to be serving the Lord, ministering at the temple. Samuel was taken to be at the temple at about age three. Most Levites, when they were dedicated to the Lord and came to serve the Lord at the temple, according to Numbers chapter 4 and verse 3, that happened at about age 30. Samuel was about one-tenth their age, and yet he was serving the Lord. And how easy it could have been for Hannah. She looked at Samuel saying, I know I've dedicated him to the Lord. I know that he's going to serve the Lord, but he's just so young. He needs to be a boy. He only gets to have his childhood once. I need to let him be little. But that's not what she said. What she said was, he's dedicated to God. He needs to serve the Lord. And she took him to the temple, to the tabernacle. And there he served God. Now, granted, he didn't do everything that the adults did. He didn't slaughter the sacrifices. And he didn't put the showbread on the table. There were, he, he couldn't do all of those things. And yet he was serving the Lord. There in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 15, it points out some job that he had. In 1 Samuel 3.15, so Samuel lay down until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. 
He had a job that he was able to perform in serving the Lord. I recognize that, uh, that our kids can't do everything we can do. But they can do some things. I'm not asking you to take your kids out of school and send them to preacher training program or, or anything like that. And God's not asking that. But what God is asking and what we need to recognize is that when we have kids in our home, those are little servants in our midst that God has entrusted to us. And, and while we perhaps have not taken such a strong vow as Hannah did to give them to the Lord, there's a mere responsibility of raising kids. They're a gift from God. And because of that, we're supposed to train our kids and help our children, giving them back to the Lord, training them to be the Lord's servants. What kind of things can our kids do? Well, there are some that yesterday, at least eight of us got together, and I think some others have told me that they took their kids with them, went around and put invitations to our VBS on mailboxes in neighborhoods yesterday. I mean, is that pretty good? I think it's pretty good. A lot of adults will refuse to do that. So, oh, it's just too hot. Doesn't do any good. I got too much stuff to do. Well, you know, those kids had lots of things to do too, and they did it. They got out there and put those invitations on the mailbox, inviting their friends. What about writing cards of encouragement to those who are sick? What about taking them with you to visit the folks in the hospital and in the uh, nursing homes? What about taking them with you as you study the Bible? What about just studying the Bible with them? And when I talk about studying the Bible with your kids, I don't mean just get out the little kitty books and read it to them. I mean open the Bible and have them read it and just talk about it. I know they're not going to understand everything, but they'll hear it and they'll see how important it is and they'll learn to serve the Lord. A place, of course, that you can begin is get them here every night of our VBS and have them bring friends. And instead of you calling their friends' parents and saying, hey, can little Sally come with my Susie to VBS, make them call and ask and have them invite their friends. I recognize that our children can't do everything that we can do, but our children can do some things. And Samuel is a great example. At age three or four, there he was, ministering before the Lord in the tabernacle. Our children can do a great deal. As we consider another aspect of Samuel, a key factor in the success of his life, we find in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26, now the boy Samuel was growing in stature and in favor both with the Lord and with men. Samuel was growing in stature, but that's not really a big deal. Every three-year-old child ought to be growing in stature. That just happens naturally. But I want you to notice the second half of that. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26, not only was he growing in stature, he was growing in favor with God and with men. In other words, as he grew there as a little servant of the Lord, he was becoming a person that was a blessing to, was pleasing to men and God. What a powerful statement that is. I think most of us would like that sort of thing to be said about us. Wouldn't we like it to be said that we have favor with God and man? And wouldn't we like that to be said about our children? That they have favor with God and men? That they're pleasing to God and men? I know I want folks to like me. And I want folks to say that I'm pleasing and pleasant to be around. And, and I know that doesn't get said often. I'm working on that. But I tell you what, 
I really like it when folks say those kind of things about my kids. When folks can say about my children, we like them being around. We don't mind having your kids over. They're in our favor, they might say. And growing in favor with God and men. And parents, don't we all want folks to say that about our kids? Doesn't it hurt to know that folks don't want us around because they don't want our kids around? And yet with Samuel, here he was a little child and he was growing in favor with God and men. And why did that work? I think the first point demonstrates it. Because Samuel started early. Samuel did not wait until he had grown in stature to begin to grow in favor with God and men. And yet in our society, that seems to be the approach that most of us take. When children are misbehaving, what do we say? Oh, they're just kids. I'll give you a good illustration. Tessa had to go to Girl Scout camp two weeks ago. Marita was a counselor. I, of course, had to work to prepare for a meeting which left two little boys needing somebody to care for them. The Girl Scout camp said, we'll care for them, you pay us a little extra money, and we'll have a little something for them to do. And poor Marita was telling me that Ryan just all week long was just a terror. You know, he got beat every night, just about. Just, just an absolute terror. And the problem was that the, the lady there who was taking care of the kids didn't exactly hold the reins in on him as Marita or I might. And Marita saw him one time and she went and started laying into him and the director of the camp came up to, her, to Marita and said, you know, he's just a kid. Well, yeah, but he's supposed to be an adult someday and he needs to know how to behave. Kids are given to us to train them up, not to let them be kids. Samuel started early. And because of that, he grew in favor with God and with men. Does that mean Samuel did everything perfectly? No, I'm sure there are days that he had meltdowns, just like Ryan did. I'm sure that there are days when Eli was trying to tell him what to do and he wouldn't listen. I'm sure there were days when Eli told Samuel, don't go in there, and Samuel went in there just because he said it. I'm sure. But he was growing in favor with God and man. Why? Because he started early. When you look at your kids, parents, do not buy this mentality today, no matter what they say on the country music stations, that those kids have been given to us so that they can enjoy their childhood once. Because kids that are trained that way, they typically remain children all their lives. And we've got a terrible problem today in our society with people that can't grow up because they were never trained to grow up. Because we constantly said they only get to be kids once. And I'm not saying that you deprive your kids and the childhood can't be fun. But we need to remember that childhood is about training to be adults. And don't wait for your kids to grow up in stature before you start trying to teach them how to be pleasing to God. And so, young people, let me encourage you. Take a look at yourself. I don't care how old you are. If you can understand what I am saying to you, you need to listen very carefully. Don't be satisfied with where you are right now. Be challenged to grow, to do more, and to be more in God's service. And parents, don't accept where your kids are right now. I know they can't be adults yet, but they can be better. They can be stronger. They can grow. 
And I just want you to think about this. We actually already know this. How many of you have ever heard or ever actually said this? Boy, you know what? You are such an awesome kid. You act just like everybody your age. Have you ever heard anybody complimented that way? I would say you haven't. But I bet you've heard people say, you know what? You are such an amazing child. You are mature beyond your years. You ever heard that? Because I tell you what, deep down inside, no matter how we act, we recognize that we want our kids to mature and grow up. And it's better for them to be mature than to be childlike. Raise them up. Don't expect adult behavior. But challenge them to grow and be more. The third thing that we take a look at when it comes to Samuel's life, the key that made him such a successful servant, even at a young age, was the mere fact that Samuel was willing to serve. We need to listen very carefully here as we consider this point, because especially children, but not even just children, even among adults, there are a whole bunch of us that just aren't willing to serve. We want to go our way and do our things, and we don't want anybody, not even those who have authority over us, to tell us what to do. But I want you to take a look at a story about Samuel, a story that most of us know, but I want you to look at it perhaps in a little bit different light. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. It happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am for you called me. But he said, I didn't call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I didn't call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. We'll read the rest of that story in just a minute. I want you to get this in your mind from Samuel's perspective. He doesn't know that the Lord might talk to him. And so when he hears this voice crying out, Samuel, he thinks it's the only person that it could possibly be, which is Eli. And so put yourself in Samuel's shoes. You're laying in bed. It's at night. You're tired. You've been ministering before the Lord today as much as your little bitty body can allow. And, of course, we know little kids, boy, they're tired, right? And how much excuse do we make for kids when they're tired and it's okay for them to be disobedient because they're tired? But look at Samuel. He's tired and he hears Eli call for him, or he thinks it's Eli, and he jumps up and goes and says, here I am, what do you want? And Eli, playing some kind of joke, it seems, says, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. And so he goes back and lies down. And then Eli calls him again. What's he do? He doesn't complain, he doesn't grumble, he doesn't get exasperated. He jumps up and he runs back to Eli and says, here I am, what do you need? And Eli, once again, and some, some kind of must be joking with him or something, he says, you go back. Lie down, I didn't call you. And he goes back and he lays down, and once again, Eli calls him. He jumps up, he's not exasperated, not complaining, not grumbling. He runs back to Eli and says, what do you want? Finally, of course, Eli realizes what's going on and tells him what to do the next time. But from Samuel's little mind, what does this appear like is happening? It appears like Eli is playing some kind of game with him. He's telling him, you come here, and then when he gets here, I didn't call you, and sending him back. 
But you notice there's no complaining, there's no grumbling. He just gets up and he goes to Eli and says, here I am. Why? Because this little boy had the heart of a servant. And if his mentor and master would call him, he was going to be there to do whatever was asked of him. Children, listen up. Your servants. Young people still in the home. Listen up. Your servants. And when mom and dad call you, rolling eyes should not be a part of your body language. Being exasperated, grumbling, and complaining should not be named among you. Rather, if mom and dad calls, your response should be, here I am. What you need. Just like Samuel's was. I tell you what, adults, there's a lot of us that could learn that as well. Needing to learn to have the heart of a servant. To be willing to work and to do whatever is needed, especially when God calls on us through our brethren and the work that God has for us to do among our brethren. But Samuel was a servant. And we need to be, learn to be servants. And kids, especially in the home, any, anyone who can understand me who's still living under their parents' house needs to remember this. Your job is to be a servant in the home. Here I am. What do you need? And to do without complaining, without grumbling, obediently, respectfully, and cheerfully. One exception, we recognize, of course, that if your parents tell you to do something that's contradictory to God's law, that you're to submit to God other than your parents. Remember Ephesians 6, beginning at verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. That's the responsibility that you have in the home, kids. And remember that. And if you're still living at home, I don't care if you're 25. If you're living under your parents' home, under their roof, that's your job. Finally, the fourth thing that we learn about Samuel, the key in his life that made him such a successful servant, even at such a young age, is that he was trained at a young age to listen to the Lord. There we continue our story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 9. Eli had figured out that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Eli taught Samuel that he needed to listen to the word of the Lord. That when God was speaking, He needed to hear. And of course, one of the interesting things about this is that Samuel didn't want to hear what God told him. Samuel didn't like what God had told him. Because in the verses that come, God tells Samuel about the punishment that's going to come on Eli, Samuel's mentor and master and teacher. And when all was said and done, Samuel didn't want to pass that word along to Eli. In fact, in 1 Samuel 3.15, we read that Samuel lay down until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. But Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. He didn't want to tell it. But Eli, of course, prompted him to, and he did tell it. Samuel had to learn to listen to God. And Samuel, in listening to God, had to learn to obey Him and teach His Word and pass it on. 
And the fact is that when we hear God's Word, we may not like all that God has to say. God says some things that, that we may not appreciate. He tells us that we're not allowed to do just anything we might desire. In fact, James chapter 1 and verse 14 talks about our desire, saying each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust or desire. So not everything we want to do is alright. Some of it is sin and we're not allowed to do it. He says that we're not allowed to say everything we might like to say in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians 4 and verse 29, God says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. We're not allowed to say just everything we want to say. We've got to say things that are gracious. They're like gifts to people. Building them up, not tearing them down says we're not allowed to just be best friends with everybody we might want to be friends with. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33, he said, Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. We may not like everything that God says to us, but our responsibility, as Samuel learned, is to listen. You remember James chapter 1 and verse 19? James chapter 1 and verse 19, we often apply to our communication with one another, but in context it refers specifically actually to our relationship with God and His Word. And in James chapter 1 and verse 19, James said, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And he goes on explaining that in verse 20, For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness and humility, receive the Word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the Word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. He's talking about our relationship to God's Word, and he points out that our responsibility is to be quick to hear it. Getting into it and studying it and reading it when we have questions, doubts, and fears. Get into it and hear it. Be slow to speak against it and slow to go to wrath. You see what James realized is sometimes what God says, we might not like it, we might get angry. He says, don't do that because the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Be quick to hear His Word and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And that's what Samuel learned, as Eli pointed out to him. When he comes to you again, you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And that's the attitude that we need to approach this book. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And we've got to be teaching that to our children. But they need to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Samuel was a great servant of God. He grew to be a great servant of God because he started being a great servant of God early. And parents, we need to think about that with our kids. And kids, you need to recognize that. That you can be a servant. There are things you can do. Let's start challenging one another, no matter our ages, to be more and to do more and to serve God faithfully. I hope this lesson on Samuel ministering even as a child was beneficial to you, especially if you have kids in the home. Let's remember what we learned about Samuel today. First, Hannah started Samuel early. Second, Samuel grew in favor with both men and God. Third, Samuel was willing to serve. Fourth, Samuel was trained to listen to God's Word. If you have any questions about Samuel, about how to serve God as a child or as an adult, 
Or if you have any questions about the Franklin Church of Christ, please call us at 615-794-2359. Or you can contact us through our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. If somebody gave you this lesson, let me invite you to come to our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com. There you can download numerous lessons in audio and outline format. Listen to them, study them, distribute them in any way that you believe will glorify and honor our God in heaven. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. But more importantly, may you richly bless God.